Welcome to r slash malicious compliance, where OP gets his cheating boss fired. Our next Reddit post is from Lungbong. This happened a few years ago. I was a data and reporting analyst and did all the ad hoc reports for the company. My boss, Carrie, was useless. She was one of those people who was always late, left early, and took days off with short notice. The only thing of value she did was all the regular reports, sales, revenue, etc. We suspected she got away with it because she was having an affair with her boss, Stuart. Our CEO was a fairly decent guy. He'd always look for ways to cut costs and would pay regular bonuses for the best cost-saving initiatives. Carrie was very keen to submit ideas and encouraged us all to automate our tasks so she could try and take credit for the savings. On one of Carrie's days off, which coincidentally was a day that Stuart was off sick as well, the CEO was desperate to get his hand on the sales report that Carrie does. I said that I would give it a look and see if I could get it done. Normally, Carrie would spend two to three days doing that report each week, but the CEO wanted that report that afternoon. A quick inspection of the data showed that it could be automated quite easily. So I put together the necessary script and got it over to the CEO, who was super impressed that not only had I got it done in a couple of hours, but also that it could be updated whenever he needed it. He asked me if I could look at their revenue and churn out a couple of other reports. During that afternoon, I automated everything my boss did. Both Carrie and Stuart were back in the office the next day, but they were immediately summoned to the CEO's office after being suspended and sent home. Turns out, the CEO knew that they were having an affair, and all the times they were sick or late or had to leave early was so they could sneak off and passionately hug. He never did anything about it because of how important these reports were. Now that they were automated, he was able to get them suspended and later fired for gross misconduct for all the time they'd taken off. I also got a nice bonus out of it. Our next Reddit post is from Practical Dad Advice. I run a repair shop where I employ a bunch of local kids, age 16 and older, to learn skills and make some money while we generally sit around and talk about the world while we fix things. We had a client come in with a busted electronic. We fixed it up for her and gave her a decent discount on the work. Her final bill for parts and labor was $100 even, discounted down from $220. She didn't like the bill, and she didn't like the work. She claimed that we had broken something else. She claimed the kid who did the work didn't know what she was doing. She did, I had supervised her. And that the kid who helped her in the front of the room was rude to her. He wasn't, but she didn't like the little pride flag pin that he was wearing. She demanded to see the manager, so I popped out, listened to her tear into my kids, and validated how she was feeling. But I pointed out that the work that she had asked for was done, done correctly, and her bill was due on pickup. The last straw for her came when she pulled out a credit card, and I had to inform her that we don't accept that particular card. She literally asked me, Do you know who I am? Which, no, I don't, but I told her that I would take a personal check. She wrote out a check. Problem solved. I deposited the day's check and got a note from my bank that one of them had bounced. Her check, of course. I called her the next day to tell her that her check had been bounced due to insufficient funds and that she needed to come in and pay her bill plus the extra fee for a return check. And to be clear, all these fees were outlined on the service agreement that she had signed. And we had already discounted her 120 bucks just to be nice. She rolls up into the office carrying a bag, and I knew exactly what she was doing. 
She drops, of course, a bag of pennies on the front desk. She's breathing heavily. We're on the second floor and she had taken the stairs. She announces triumphantly that she's here to pay her bill. She just needs to go get the rest of your hard-earned money. Which she said with a sneer, of course. The kid I have working on the front desk looks like he's about to cry. So I stop working on the thing that I'm working on and take over. How many more bags do you have? I ask her. And she says the nice people at the bank loaded them into her car. She didn't count them. I told her, that was fine. We'll wait for you to bring up all the bags and then we'll settle the bill. She was expecting a bigger reaction, I think. Either that or she hadn't thought this through. 10,000 pennies plus the extra $25 weighs a lot. And she had just committed to carrying them through a parking lot and up a flight of stairs. One of my kids, bless his heart, offered to help her carry them, but she refused. Finally, shaking and sweaty, she deposited the last of the bags on the countertop. The pennies were loose, not in coin rolls. She had done some work taking them out of the coin rolls to prove her point. What she hadn't counted on was that we would have to count the pennies. While the other kids took care of the other clients and fixed things in the back, the front desk and I counted up the pennies. She started to realize that this was going to take a while, and she tried to leave. I told her that she couldn't leave until we signed off on her bill, since at this point, she was in violation of her service agreement, and she had passed a bad check. We couldn't just take her word for it, and I would tell the cops if she left without paying. My kids answered phone calls that came in. Meanwhile, we counted. The lady sat down in a chair, stood up again, and walked around the office. Meanwhile, we counted. After a while, she said, just forget it, and took out $125 in bills. We signed off on her agreement and she started to leave. Another one of my kids, bless his heart, asked her if she wanted help carrying the pennies back to her car. She looked at all of us with a face of sheer panic, mumbled, no, thank you, just keep them, and bolted. The whole shop was silent for a moment. Then one of the kids started giggling and nobody could stop. People coming in thought that we had gone nuts, and I finally had to banish everyone to the back room until we could breathe again. We loaded the bags of pennies into my vehicle. We used the elevator she had walked by a few times. We took them to the bank and used the coin machine to deposit them, then wrote out a donation to our local shelter for the amount that she dropped off. She posted something nasty on Facebook about it and got ratioed. She had, of course, posted earlier about something she was going to do and she got called out from her own post. My favorite response was something like, you said that you were going to pay your bill in pennies and you paid your bill in pennies, so what went wrong? Please don't pay your bills in pennies, folks, especially if you're just doing it to be a dick. Our next Reddit post is from Sabrina Spellman. When I was around 19 years old, I was working as a receptionist at the front of the house of a lawyer's office. It was quite small, but very successful. It had four partners. The main one was the lady it was named after, who was kind of fierce in a Judge Judy kind of way, so I'll call her Judy. A new lawyer, Anna, joined the team. We had a conveyancing, personal injury, financial, and criminal department lawyer, and she would be working family law, and her specialty and main focus would be helping domestic violence victims. At the time, all of her abused clients were women. She was awesome at her job. I saw so many victims of abuse while they waited in reception, and because they were so stressed and worried, they would sometimes just tell me their life stories while they waited. 
I did my best to comfort them. Sometimes they would have to wait an hour or longer if the lawyers were busy. Anna advocated hard for these women. Restraining orders, emergency hearings, police interviews, protection, arranging safe houses, custody of kids, etc. I really admired her, and I still do now. Those women needed her. The thing about Anna was she was extremely posh. She was well-educated, and she spoke better than a lot of the characters on Downton Abbey, or even the Queen. But she was also very opinionated, and she swore a lot. Hearing her talk about one of the husbands of a battered woman, What an absolute twatting little crunt! In a voice that sounds similar to the Queen made us giggle, but she reined it in and was mostly professional in front of the clients. Most of my job was filing, typing voice dictation statements, and logging calls from the women with restraining orders who had been contacted by their ex-partner slash abuser. So I would get calls from victims like, Hi OP, he called me at 8.15am today and also at 10am today and he sent me an email at 9pm through his mother's account. Things like that. All of this had to be logged and reported for the court files. I got so many calls from these women that I would recognize each one of them by voice. This is important later. After Anna had been working there for maybe a month, she was featured in an article that put the office in a very favorable light. The article highlighted her important work of keeping these women safe, and we celebrated with her. However, it went to her head, and she became arrogant and snappy, with little put-downs here and there to secretaries and other workers. She became pretty full of herself, getting snarky and barking out at me, coffee, as soon as she walked inside. I let it go because she was stressed and doing important work. Since this happened a while back, most documents had to be faxed. Anna's office was two doors away from reception. She would let me know if she was expecting something important, and I had to drop everything to rush these documents to her. Waiting for legal documents like police reports or restraining orders could quite literally be life-or-death situations for some of these clients. Sure enough, a restraining order document came through for a female client who was sitting with Anna in her office. She was crying, she looked like she had no sleep, and her story was horrendous. I felt desperately sorry for her. The rule was, if something important came through, I had to rush in and interrupt any client meeting. These important papers came through, so I rushed to the office, handed them to Anna, and left. Moments later, Anna was in reception screeching at me because the timestamp said that it was delivered a whole hour earlier. I was confused because I had given her the document the moment that it came through. Anna wouldn't stop yelling that I had put this woman's life in jeopardy over my laziness and stupidity and that I should be fired. She made so much noise that the founding partner, Judy, came out of her office to listen. Judy's face gave absolutely nothing away, and afterwards she quietly just said, Please make sure to hand over the documents quickly in the future to avoid any more problems. Then, the same thing happened again. A document came through for the same client who was in there with her. I rushed to her office, handed the document to her, and went to leave. But before I could leave, Anna started yelling at me again. This document is from an hour ago. What the F, OP? What the F did I tell you? 
This time she started swearing at me, and I couldn't get a word in, and all of this was in front of the poor client who looked wildly uncomfortable. Judy came to the door, and again, her face gave nothing away, and she asked me to come with her. She asked me if there was a problem. I explained, and she thanked me. Anna then followed us out and started yelling at me that I had no respect or kindness in my heart for these women and I was lazy, utterly incompetent, and ridiculously not right in the head. I left and cried in the bathroom. Over the next few days, the same client came in. Things had escalated further and it had even hit the newspapers. It was an awful case. So all four partners, including Anna, were meeting with the client in the same office. I went back in to give a file to one of the other partners there, and Anna piped up. Was this document also from an hour ago? There seems to be a pattern here. She said this in front of the client and her four bosses. This time, though, it didn't bother me. I'd had one of those moments in bed the night before. The moment when your eyes snap open when you're trying to sleep and you have that bingo realization moment. So I calmly just said, The reason why the documents appeared to be an hour late was because the clocks have changed for daylight savings time. I should have realized that when the ink still wasn't dry when I handed them to you. Sure enough, the document on her desk yesterday was a little smudged. The fax machine was old and it didn't update the time. My little victory moment was spoiled because as I was leaving the office, I tripped over my own foot and knocked my head on the doorframe giving Anna a good laugh. The next day, a staff meeting was called about professionalism in the office. The client who had witnessed Anna's meltdown had approached Judy. She was really upset to see Anna treat the staff that way and her swearing had frightened her. Judy was very clear that this was not acceptable. That client had heard enough yelling and swearing for a lifetime already. Anna begrudgingly apologized to me, and I shrugged it off. Judy also apologized privately for not stepping in when she should have. No problem. My malicious compliance was next. I wrote every single call that I had to log from these women on an individual post-it note. So sometimes, I would be in and out of Anna's office ten times in an hour. Her desk was flooded with post-it notes that said, 10 a.m. call from husband to client X, etc. Anna was annoyed, but this is what she asked for. I wasted a lot of post-it notes. The next part of this story gets a little strange. A lady who was in a safe house with her daughter called and said that she was reconciling with her husband and she wants to drop the case completely and didn't want to be contacted again. This happens. Sometimes, abused victims go back when it gets to be too much. This was a particularly brutal case. She had been beaten really badly. I told Anna straight away, who said that she would call her in a few days. And I said, no, call the police. Anna asked why, and I said that it wasn't our client on the phone. I recognize that client's voice every time that she calls, and this time, it wasn't her. We called for a welfare check, and sure enough, her husband had taken her forcefully back home, and he had his older daughter call the office pretending to be her. The guy was arrested! Luckily, the second time around, the lady was given a much better safe house. Anna gifted me a bottle of wine and a thank you card, and then asked me to please stop flooding her with post-it notes and that the message was received. She also apologized again properly. Sorry for the long post. The moral of the story is don't treat people like garbage even if your intentions are pure and trying to help someone out. 
we can all be kind. Wow, OP. I mean, it's impossible to say what would have happened there, but it's actually possible that you saved that woman's life. That was our slash malicious compliance. And if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.